0: Well, I want to welcome you to The Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary Church, and I'm joined today by one of our newest uh, colleagues here on staff. I'm joined by Kyle Farley. Kyle, it's good to have you on the show. Well, thank you. It's, it's great to be here. It's an honor. Maybe let's take a moment just to uh, allow our listeners, because I, I don't think everybody has probably gotten mm-hmm. the opportunity to meet you yet. Um, how, well, how long have you been on staff now? at Calvary. Yeah,
1: for sure. Uh, I came on staff uh, at the beginning of May, so it's now been, uh, sounds crazy, but it's been three and a half months now that I've been on staff here at Calvary. It's awesome.
0: Um, And you're gearing up for a fall kickoff season here, a a new season of ministry. What are some of the things that excite you most about uh, being a uh, in a discipleship role for uh, middle school students.
1: Yeah. So so like you said, I'm the middle school director uh, here at Calvary Church. So I oversee uh, everything middle school related at both the Roseville and the White Bear campus. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is uh, we're going to be placing a huge emphasis on giving uh, students the ownership and the responsibility of evangelizing uh, to their friends. Uh, we see that the best people to tell students about Jesus and to invite them to church and the youth group are fellow students. And so I'm really, uh, what we what we as a team are doing, we are preparing and we are gearing ourselves for a year to where we're going to be challenging our students to go and fulfill the Great Commission. Uh, it's not something that we wait to fulfill or live out when once we become adults. It's something that once we give our lives to Jesus, we're called to go and be witnesses. And so we're going to be challenging our students to do that. And we're going to be walking alongside them and making sure that we are doing a good job of equipping them so that when they go out and get, be the light of Jesus to their friends and to those around them, uh, they feel confident and they know um, what it means to be an image bearer and to. Share the great news of Jesus with their friends.
0: You know, we we live in a world where we're we're constantly hearing messages, and mm-hmm. um, you know, a very media-driven world that um, we encounter daily. And probably for younger people, it's probably even more than what I experience as far as just media consumption. But every everything that we encounter has some kind of some kind of worldview to it. And so I would imagine that part of discipling middle school students is helping them grasp the biblical worldview, understanding how that connects to their real life, everyday life.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's something that we don't realize it a lot of times of everything that, that we consume, everything that we take in, whether it's uh, books, movies, songs, or even podcasts, such as the podcast that we're on right now everything is communicating a message. Everything is communicating a set of beliefs um, or thoughts and ideas. And a lot of times we don't necessarily realize it. And so we just absorb it and we just take it in without really understanding like a lot of the under the radar and subsurface messages that's communicating. And so it's really important. um, And this was something that I really didn't realize until I went to college and was taught on this of the importance of being able to identify what's being communicated and the importance of seeing it through a biblical lens, uh, through a biblical worldview of how does this weigh up against what Scripture says and what God says to be true.
0: Now, I'm just going to venture out on a limb here, but my guess is that you're a Marvel fan. I um, am, because yes. Because you have a Marvel shirt um, on across the table from me. Um, I know that this is a, I I know, you know, being a Marvel fan and just through some conversations that we've had, you've talked about, um, the worldview that is, um, told through the Marvel Mm storyline. Um, can you share a little bit about maybe your interest in this particular topic? Where were you introduced to it? Why do you think this is important for our listeners to know?
1: Yeah, Um, so like you said, I'm a huge uh, Marvel fan. Uh, I love almost anything sci-fi related. Uh, That comes from my father. Uh, That was something that he raised um, me and my younger sister up to do to really appreciate and to have a deep love for sci-fi, especially uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, and everything Marvel. And so that was something that, we always did together. We were always one of the first ones to go to the Marvel movies. Um, we we made the mistake of when the first Avengers movie came out to be uh, to go on the first day, and that's a story that we like to tell often because it's a lesson we learned of never again because of how chaotic it was. Because that was before movie theaters you would reserve your seats online. That was before that. So it was first come, first serve, for seats in the movie theater. Um, but yeah, so today I just really want to talk about Mar- um, with Marvel movies with some of the messages that they're communicating. But more specifically, I want to talk about phase four of the MCU. So Uh, I know for some of our listeners, they may not understand what phase four means.
0: And maybe uh, for—describe MCU, what do you mean by—
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that, Tucker. So MCU stands for Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so that's uh, including, like, all the Marvel movies and Disney Plus Marvel TV series from 2008 onward um, that—I mean, to to use biblical terms— they're all in canon, and they all feed into each other, and they connect with one another.
0: Okay, tell tell me a little bit about your, you know, this idea that there's a there's a worldview inherent in um, this Marvel Cinematic Universe or MCU. What um, where were you introduced to this idea, and how do you um, how would you best describe? Maybe the worldview. I mean, maybe there are different aspects of it mm-hmm. that um, would be important to highlight. But mm-hmm. where do you um, where do you get these ideas from? And maybe describe a little bit about this this idea of worldview in Marvel.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I would say what really uh, introduced, and I would honestly say, like inspired. What we're talking about today and what I'm sharing, uh, actually, it came from when I was a senior at Moody Bible Institute. Uh, shout out to uh, Dr. Reck, Dr. Redman. Uh, he's a professor of Bible uh, at Moody Bible Institute, one of the best professors I ever had there. Uh, he's an absolutely brilliant guy, and I ha- I was taking his Romans class with him, and this was... Um, This was a few months before Avengers Endgame came out. And so Avengers Infinity War had already come out and everything. And he shared with us a paper that he wrote uh, talking about watching Avengers Infinity War and watching it through a biblical worldview, through a biblical lens of like how we as Christians should take this in and how we should think of it and how we should... Um, respond to this and he really hit home a lot of points on how there's a ginormous god complex when it comes with thanos and how marvel uh really touches on a lot of topics such as uh, election and uh, predestination and all that and how um a lot of people view that as maybe unfair, or cold, or unjust. And as I was saying in his class, and he was going through this paper and everything with us, as a huge Marvel fan, I was slightly offended by it. Of like, don't you dare do this to Marvel! Uh, that's not the case. I, I, it's my, I just believe that he was. Thinking too much into
0: it, and so. Um, so, do you think? I mean, did the did the creators of the Marvel Universe? Do you think they have this specific intention, or is it reading Christian i or reading theological ideas back into the story, or do you think it was the intent of the I, writers?
1: I th- see. That's a really good question. I think it's honestly just how today's culture views a lot of key Christian um, beliefs and theological, um, doctrine and strongholds for our, for our faith in God. Um, and so what Dr. Redmond did, he challenged us and said, if you think I'm wrong, watch infinity war, that'll be your homework for the class. And I kid you not best homework assignment I ever had when I was in college, having to watch Avengers infinity war. And as I was watching it, I was set on trying to prove him wrong of, That isn't what Marvel's trying to communicate. That's not what's happening on here. And as I was more and more set on trying to prove him wrong, the more and more I realized that Dr. Redman was actually correct and that while it's not like the forefront of what Marvel was trying to do, they they were uh, subconsciously communicating this message of this is what we think about election. This is what we think about predestination. This is what we feel... Uh, about, uh, about a God choosing who gets to go to heaven, who gets to go to hell, who lives, who dies. Uh, And I realized after that of, I I have to take, I have to be able to watch these movies, enjoy them. Yeah. But I have to be able
0: to continue to actively look through a biblical lens. I would imagine that, you know, for some of our younger listeners that there's probably a lot of people who are who like marvel like yourself mm-hmm. how much do you think that people are being discipled by um some of these more popular media sources do you think people are being discipled more than they think is it shaping their understanding of christianity maybe even maybe um in a very subtle way maybe not even recognized but do you think it's shaping their understanding of of god away from a biblical understanding shaping their view of um the problem of evil and that sort of thing
1: i would definitely say so yeah that's and that's one of the dangers of whenever we take anything in whether it's a movie a song or anything um we're absorbing and we're taking in all of this and everything that we take in has the ability and the opportunity to influence how we understand how we see things and what we hold to be true Um, and so if we haven't been trained, if we haven't been equipped on how to process and how to filter all this stuff, uh, we're just going to be, we're just going to be a ship, uh, in a chaotic ocean that goes from one wave to another, shaking from one side to the other. Um, so I, I would say definitely it has, it has influence on us and that's something to where we don't need to be. Like never watching any any movie ever, but it's something that we just have to be actively on guard for and uh keeping our eyes open for the messages that are being communicated
0: Let's talk about some of the uh themes that we see in um in Marvel that you feel like are maybe some of the the more important ones to talk through yeah um what what would be the first one that you would go to that you feel like you know this is a uh, this is a theme that we see that is significant and has a significant pull on a generation. Mm-hmm. yeah, so i
1: I really just want to focus on uh, on phase four of Marvel because um, that's the phase that we're in right now. Um, that's the uh, it, it's it's been a crazy phase four, I will say because Phase four has had two primary roles in it. Marvel came out and said, Phase four for the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is going to have two key roles. The first one is to introduce a lot of new characters. They have for sure done that in the past year and a half. But also, it's to introduce the concept of multi-universe, which is something that we really haven't seen before when it comes to movies um, in Hollywood. That's not something that they've really, really explored uh, and explored. With the exception of that's only started in the past year and a half or so, a couple of years. And so I would say one of the big things that especially this phase in the past couple of TV series and movies that Marvel has done is one of the driving notions of the multiverse. And one of the driving things that I think Marvel's really pushing is a me centered mentality and an ultimate pursuit of one's own happiness.
0: Can you share a little bit more about, uh, for those that aren't super familiar with the multiverse, how would you um, describe what a multiverse is?
1: Kind of picture it like a, a subdivision uh, to where you got cookie cutter houses right next to each other. Uh, you got streets, you got driveways, they got yards. So each house represents a different universe, a different reality that uh, there is something slightly different between that universe and the next universe. And then the yards, the driveways, and the streets are realms. They serve as kind of gateways or bridges from one universe to another. And so one of the things that uh, with Marvel, when it comes to uh, the multiverse, the multi-universe, one of the things that we've really seen, especially when it comes to um, the Loki TV series and Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness, is we've seen this notion of if I don't like how things are or if I'm not happy with the, with the way that I am portrayed or the way the things are in my universe— Maybe there's another universe where I can be happy, where everything is golden, everything's great for me. And so I want to go and find that universe where I'll be happy.
0: This is interesting, Kyle, because this is very much – it's interesting how you can see media and entertainment Mm -hmm. um, express this postmodernism, post-truth culture that we live in, this idea that it really is – me-centered, it's my truth is my truth, that there isn't a, the idea that there's no truth with a capital T, or there's another truth in the house next door, the mm-hmm. the, the other universe. Where do you see the dangers? I mean, in some ways it's probably pretty obvious how this is not a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the dangers of this particular worldview? I mean, have you seen this even in some of the students that you interact with this idea of, um, you know, what, if this, this, uh, if this truth doesn't work for me, I'm just going to go to the next one. Or, you know, the, the idea that it's really a me centered Mm -hmm. world. Um, what are the dangers of this?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I'll, I'll, I'll bridge it by, breaking down a little bit of um, Doctor Strange, Multiverse multiverse of Madness. The driving point of that movie and the driving question that really is the driving force of that entire movie is the question that Wanda asks a lot of times, but also is a question that a lot of of the other main characters ask in the movie. And that question is, are you happy? Because uh, to give a little context to the movie, so... The premise of the movie is Wanda is looking for a universe where her two sons live, exist, and she can be their mother. And so she will uh, do whatever it takes, go by whatever means so that she can be with her two sons again. And that includes uh, destroying friendships, burning bridges. That also means potentially um, throwing people's lives away just for the sake of what she wants to do and what she is pursuing and what she thinks will ultimately bring her happiness mm. and that's something that i mean like we've seen that for generations we've seen that for history all the way back to genesis of we see humanity is always looking for what will um bring what will bring it happiness well we know that it's god that brings us it bring, brings us, us eternal happiness but because of our sin nature we want something that is by our own hmm. doing. And so it's what what we are seeing when it comes to the stuff that Marvel is driving and also what we see um, as some of the big challenges and a lot of the big things in the next generation and today's culture. It's honestly a lot of the same stuff as previous generations have gone through. It's just kind of repackaged and redisplayed a little bit. And I, I've seen students to where they have thrown away lifelong friends. I've seen them um, burn bridges with their family um, to try and pursue something that they think is going to ultimately bring them happiness. And when they see those those towers build of sand that they've tried to build that for them to stand on, and when they've seen them crumbling away because of everything else that they have thrown away in hopes of pursuing this one, uh, one fleet hope of happiness it leaves them with nothing left to hold on to. And so they feel hopeless, they
0: feel broken, and they feel lost and don't know where to go from that. Um, Two things that I want to do is, one, can you unpack a little bit about what, uh, a little bit more, I mean, you're starting to get there. What do we mean when we talk about a biblical worldview? Mm -hmm. And then number two, um, as followers of Jesus who are discipled um, into a biblical worldview and by a biblical worldview, how should we approach uh how should we approach Marvel? How should we approach entertainment that mm-hmm. has a clear worldview that is not consistent with what we would find in scripture? What mm-hmm. should we do when we encounter other worldviews? Yeah.
1: So Uh, To kind of break down what a biblical worldview is, um, the illustration that I like to use is it's looking through glasses. So if you've ever put on a pair of glasses or a pair of sunglasses before, you see that your vision changes a little bit, whether it's clarity or whether it's like the color or the hue that you're seeing through. And so no matter what, you are looking through the lens of those glasses. And so each of us, whether we acknowledge it or not, has a worldview that we believe in, which is how we see the world. Like When we look at the world, what lenses, what glasses are we looking through and filtering and interpreting everything that we're seeing? And so when we talk about a a biblical worldview, what we're talking about is we are seeing the world through the Bible. We're not seeing the Bible through the world. And so what I mean by that is, like, take for example, Dr. Strange, Multiverse of Madness. What we're doing is we are looking at that movie through a biblical worldview of we're we're looking at everything that Wanda and Dr. Strange does and everything, and we're seeing, okay, we know, we see that this is happening. How does that go against, how does that filter through what the Bible says? Like, for example, when it comes to Wanda and the pursuit of happiness, we can look at the Bible and the Bible shows us that we can pursue after material things and material gains, but it's going to be all for naught. It's going to mount up to nothing. It's going to be worthless for us. We need to store our treasures up to heaven, uh, up in heaven, and we need to put our faith in Jesus, where the where the eternal joy comes from, and something that will not come and go with the ages. And so that would be an example of what it means to look through, to look through a biblical lens when we um, look at anything, and when it comes with entertainment. Um, that's a really hard one because we can't live under a rock and just avoid everything that is happening around us. It's one of those things that um, James, uh, in the book of James in the New Testament, he really, uh, I believe, he does a really great job of this. Of There's a difference between living in the world and living of the world. And so what James means by that is we can't live under a rock. We have to be present because we're called to be witnesses to those who don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior. And we won't be able to effectively do that if we're not able to relate to them to some extent, if we're not able to connect with them, to to share experiences and other things with them, such as, what you think of that Marvel movie? Oh, it was absolutely amazing. But We also have to be careful not to become of the world. We still have to hang on to um, putting all of our faith in Jesus and looking through everything through the lenses of the Bible. And so it's a really important balance that we have to find of still... like We can still enjoy movies. We can still enjoy music. But we have to filter all that with the Bible because we have to be really careful with what we put into ourselves because if we're not careful what we are putting into our bodies if it's not Christ-centered uh can start influencing us and turning us away from God.
0: What would be some I think that's really good Kyle. I mean those are I mean those are some really good practical things to think about that it's not you're not living under a rock. You're not never leaving your house. Mm-hmm. But wisely um why asking the right questions wisely, living um, in light of a biblical worldview and and understanding when we encounter worldviews that are that are inconsistent with what Scripture would say, I think that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Um, how do how do you feel like this impacts evangelism? So I know I, you mentioned earlier at the beginning that that's one of the goals for. As you have for, you know, for reaching students is Mm -hmm. equipping them to be a mission to their, you know, their, their friends, the, their neighbors. Um, How do you feel like these ideas, this idea of worldview, um, entertainment, et cetera, how does this impact evangelism? Do you think there is a, um, does this impact evangelism in any way in terms of understanding where our unbelieving friends are, are coming from?
1: Hmm. You know, I would say that's a really good question. And that's something that that's something that all of us are trying to figure out right now, especially with how quickly society is seems to ever be changing right now. I, I would say like one of the key things is looking at what people are trying to accomplish or what people are trying to set themselves up to. So like, for example, like looking at when it comes to Loki, the TV series, um, one of the things that Loki quickly realizes is the fact, and this is one of the other themes when it comes to a multiverse um, that Marvel is uh, that Marvel, whether intentionally or unintentionally, uh, pushes is the fact that Loki quickly realizes that there are an infinite number of realities and universes, and with that, there are an infinite number of Lokis. There's one Loki for each universe in the multiverse. And so with that, Loki quickly realizes that he's not unique. He is very similar to all the other Lokis. It's just that every single Loki has one slight difference between the next one. And so that's something that he quickly realizes that he's not unique. And with that, we need to remind ourselves that scripture tells us over and over and over again that we are created uniquely and we are created in the image of God, but kind of going back to your question, one of the things that Loki quickly, what he tries to really realize, figure out is who is he? What's his purpose? What is he, what's he called to do? What, what is, what is he going to accomplish, which is with his life? And throughout the whole series, Loki tries to figure out, he tries to make that decision of, is he going to be the right Loki? Is he going to be a good Loki? Is he going to be a bad Loki? And again, that's a lot of me-centered language within. That's something that I see a lot with students of they're trying to figure out what their life is going to be like, what what their purpose is going to be. And so like for me, looking through a biblical lens, I understand that I can't look inside myself to find that purpose, to find um, who I'm meant to be. That's something that I have to look outside of myself to. That's something that I have to look um, to God, and that's something that I have to look to the body of Christ for um, to help give me that identity, the identity that God uh, has made for me uniquely and just for me, and that purpose that he has called me to do. And the body of Christ, I have found, really helps with helping you figure out what God has called you to do, how he has called you uh, to live out your life with the gifts and the skills that that he has set aside for you. And so that's one of those things to where it's one of the things that we can really do when it comes to evangelizing to others is figuring out what are they trying to figure out? What are they trying to make me centered and just walking alongside them and having those conversations with them? Because you could just go around the people and start telling them, Hey, stop being me centered, be outward centered That's not going to go anywhere. Um, honestly, it's a lot of conversation. It's a lot of, Hey, I see that you're really trying to find what it is that's going to make you happy. Let me share with you what I have found brings that eternal joyness for me. And I'll give you, I'll give you a little snippet. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with Jesus. It's Mm -hmm. not me centered. It's being outward focused.
0: That's great, Kyle. I, I mean, those are, that is really, um, I mean, one of the things I hear you saying is understanding, like, what are the questions that they're asking, Mm -hmm. what are those worldview questions that they're asking, and then showing them how, I mean, God's given us the answer to these questions in his inspired word and through Jesus. And we have, I mean, we have the truth of God's word, we have his inerrant word, and we don't have to go searching other places Mm -hmm. for the answer to these questions. Mm -hmm. And we can communicate the truth of God's word to other other people who are asking these worldview questions, and maybe looking to other places like mm-hmm. entertainment to try to find answers. And um, I think it should motivate us to evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been an interesting conversation. I this is I like think I was telling you earlier. This is a this is different from what we've typically have. Um, on this podcast in terms of of topics, but I think really an important one and uh this conversation today too made me realize that this these kind of conversations are are important to have um, and can be a really good starting place for um, reaching our neighbors our friends our you know other students uh for christ so I appreciate your time uh, today this has been an enjoyable conversation for me well thank you tucker
1: i i enjoy this um I love talking about Marvel to anyone that will listen to it. And I love talking even more about the Bible to anyone that will listen to it. So this was the best of both worlds for me.
0: Thanks again, Kyle. It was good to have you on today. And I want to thank you all for listening. If you have questions about today's episode or if you have suggestions for future topics, uh, we would love to hear from you. If you just have general questions about Calvary Church, you can check us out online at calvarychurch.us. We have services on Sunday mornings at 9 and 1030 at both our Roseville and White Bear campus. Uh, We look forward to having you join us again next time.